Brand new episode of the Hot Hits Wrestling Podcast. My name is Hitzer. And I'm Hadi. Uh, this week, we are here to talk about All Elite Wrestling's latest pay-per-view, Full Gear mm-hmm. 2022, which I personally thought was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It was headlined by Banger Matches, mm-hmm. uh, featured a ton of new champions, multiple new champions, uh, a couple of shocking turns. Actually, one was not so shocking, but one was very shocking. Um, a dream match, kind of buried in the pre-show. Yeah. Uh, the Elite's second return in a year, mm-hmm. um, Soraya's in-ring AEW debut, mm-hmm. and so much more. Uh, after that, though, I'll do a little solo review of Impact's latest special. Um, I guess it's also a pay-per-view or premium live event, whatever you can call sure. it, uh, called Overdrive. Uh, we'll also discuss a little bit about Nilk Aldis burning bridges with the NWA and Billy Corgan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, finally, we'll do a little mini short review of Vice TV's latest pro wrestling docu-series, Tales from the Territories, created by the writers of Dark Side of the Ring. So, yeah. let's begin by with, with AEW Full Gear. Uh, before we get into the whole, uh, you know, breaking it down match, match for match, mm-hmm. what do you think about it as a whole? How would you rate it? I mean, it was a very long night. <laughs> No, not so much longer than usual. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it's, know it's, it's, standard. it's a standard, like, I think, six hours altogether, including uh, zero hour. La. Five, la. it was like four hours ish, right, for the main card, uh, and then yeah, one hour, hour for plus, zero hour. Uh, five hour plus. Yep, yep. Um, but because it was such a fun show, it didn't really feel that long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then when I looked at it, when I looked at the watch, I was like, oh, damn, I've been, I've been watching wrestling for the past six hours. You know what I mean? Definitely. The kind of feeling that. I didn't realize that much time had gone past. Yeah, especially if you're taking breaks, you know, to like do other stuff, exactly. get some food, whatever, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it might end up being six hours. Yeah. Long. So, but it was a fun time, and um, again, kudos to AW for pulling it off. Um, mm. There was some boring stuff here and there, but I think relatively it was a very well done pay per view, especially um, the main. The main card itself was book ended really well with the steel cage match uh, with Jungle Boy mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Luchasaurus, and then obviously the, the the world title match itself, MJF and John Moxley. Yeah, yeah. Um, and really good yeah. stuff in between. You know, like uh, the the tag team championship match I thought was awesome. You know, um, the women's uh, championship match had cool uh, cool storylines. You know, um, yeah, everything had had something fun in it, lah. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I personally think that this was uh, AW's best pay-per-view of the mm. year. Uh, and it couldn't have come at a better time, you know, on the heels of, you know, the the debacle of the past three yes. months. Uh, this felt like a nice return to form. Yes. A bit of, a, like, you know, let's forget about the past, you know. Uh, let's carry on our wayward sons. Um, and it was good from the pre-show. Mm-hmm. To the main show. Mm-hmm. In fact, I, I didn't feel like I wasted my time with the Zero sure. Hour this time. Uh, let's kick it off with the first match of Zero Hour. It's a 10-man tag between the best friends and the factory mm-hmm. featuring... This is the main highlight of the match. Mm-hmm. The, the, I guess, AEW debut of the very evil version of Dan Housen. No longer very nice, just very evil. 
Murderhausen, as he was called in the Indies, yeah. uh, spiking people in the in the face with uh with spikes, with railroad spikes, you know, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Um, I loved even how this was built, even the the big net on rampage, uh, just the day before when uh best friends tried to show the factory the spooky video of uh Danhausen debuting, yeah. and the factory was just like. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that Zenhausen is not a mystery. Yeah, we, we, I guess we're fighting Zenhausen. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Uh, what what do you think about all of this? Yeah, uh, interesting build. Um, mm. but uh, this was a lot less messy than I thought it would be. Mm. Um, I had fun with both teams. I think both teams had um managed to get some great highlights. Yeah. Uh, for a for a, I mean, again, this is uh, what do you call this? Uh, undercut, right? This is no, this, this below the undercut. This is the under undercut. Yeah. So in that context, I think this was a very entertaining match as you're waiting for the main cut to start. Mm. Yeah. So I didn't mind this. It didn't take too long as well. Um, yep. Yeah, it was brilliantly done. Uh, good good showing from uh, uh, Romero, uh, which I'm, I'm liking again. You know, it's been a while since I've seen him. Definitely, uh, yeah. Yeah, and Murderhausen, uh, I think this is just a one-time thing, right? I don't think he's going to be Murderhausen from now on, right? I think he's Murderhausen from now oh, on. Seriously? Mm. Okay, that's a, then that's a good uh, evolution of character. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is a thing that he did in the Indies. He carried, he carried around a jar full of thief. Uh, he carried around a spike. This was not very nice. It was very evil, Danhausen. Then let's go uh, for it. And if- Yes, uh, he he, and you saw a difference in his move set yes. and aggression as well, yes, like, you know, yes, yes. him cleaning house with suplexes, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He was a bit more threatening than the usual Danhausen mm-hmm. was. So this was the difference between very evil and very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the story going forward would be can very evil Danhausen coexist with the happy go lucky nice people in best friends. Mm. Uh, we will see. Can they contain this monster that they unleashed? I guess. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, it was a hoot, a hoot, a yes. uh, good way to start. What do you think about the world title eliminator tournament semi final between the injured Ricky Starks who went through a barn burner with Lou, uh, with uh, who do you fight? Uh, Lance Archer, uh, on rampage. He qualifies for that, but he got beaten up pretty badly, injured ribs and all of that, injured back. This time he takes on. The Machine, Brian Cage, accompanied by Prince mm-hmm. Nana, who was ringside. Uh, what do you think about Ricky Starks versus Brian Cage in the semi-final? Mm, I think Ricky Starks really did very well in showing that he's injured. Mm. Uh, selling his injury. Mm. Uh, um, ribs, right? He had, he had a rib problem, I guess. Rib, ribs and back. He was chokeslammed onto the stairs, like, basically, the, the previous night. Yeah. You know, so, so has have to sell that. Yeah, he sells it really well. I mean, Starks is... He's a superstar, lah. Really, mm. um, he's one of the, the 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 guys that you should shine a spotlight on, just yep. because he's good at mic and goddamn he's good in the ring too, lah. Um, mm. So yeah, this was a fun match. Uh, I'm a fan of both guys, Brian Cage. You know, big, strong, muscly, athletic, athletic. high flyer, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So this was one of those matches that I, I'm like, yeah, this makes sense. This makes sense. Um, yeah. Again. I didn't mind this being in 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 the uh, in zero hour. You know, it it, it suited uh, where it was, uh, and again, I had fun with it. Didn't have uh, any complaints at all. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. There was this nice moment where uh Ricky Starks counted an F five mm-hmm. with uh Canadian Destroyer. Very nice. Ooh, good. Yeah. Uh, the the moment the the match was building to was obviously Ricky Starks finally getting the Rochambeau yeah. on the gigantic exactly. cage. 
Um, Cage, I think this year has been going through a bit of a renaissance after being forgotten for the mm. last uh, 12 months or so. Mm. Uh, people forget how good Brian Cage is. I think this is the first time he's put together a string of very, very, very good matches back to back to back against Wardlow, yeah. against Ricky Starks, and all of that, you know. Um, yeah, uh, it's been a while, and I'm glad to see the return of Brian Cage as well. Mm-hmm. I have to put over Ethan Page on commentary, who was quite funny. Oh, uh, yeah, he belongs. I mean, uh, you you talk about the perfect counterpoint to Ricky Starks is Ethan Page, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost wish this match wasn't a tournament final that it could go on like forever because I think they could go back and forth on the mic very well. Okay. They both have the similar levels of charisma, similar mm-hmm. levels of personality, yeah. similar work rates. Uh, I think they complement each other with their movesets in the ring as well. Um, and I think whichever way they go, whether they go Ricky versus MGF, whether they go Ethan versus MGF, yeah, I don't think I don't think that's a that's a bad choice either way. Yeah, all good. I think Ethan Page is the way to go, though. Uh, I feel like Ethan Page is winning the tournament simply because of there's the inbuilt story of the firm versus MGF already, right? Yeah. And Ethan Page is part of the firm. Uh, but hey, if you want to go for a swerve and Ricky Starks uh wins it and battles MGF on the mic for the next you know six to eight weeks, that's a way to go too. I'm I'm down for that too. Yeah. Uh, and Ethan Page can do that too. Um, so these are two guys that can match. MJF, uh, verbal blow for verbal okay. blow, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, either way, is really really good. Um, who do who do you think wins, uh, Ricky or Ethan? Uh, I think I have to go with Ethan. I think you're right. Uh, just mm-hmm. because it's the more straightforward storyline, uh. Yeah, there's already the few the firm yeah, in place exactly. already, right? Yeah. Um, but yep. again, I would really love Ricky Starks winning as well. Yeah, I mean, there's like a cool wrinkle to it, and I mean, come on, Ricky Starks deserved that spotlight too, lah. Mm. Yeah. You talk about two guys in Ricky and Ethan Page who should have been long ago elevated to the world title scene, finally getting their shot at the big stage, mm-hmm. right? I think it's very well deserved. Yeah, like, yeah. There's only so many times you can do Brian Danielson, CM Punk, Adam Cole, oh, Hangman, yeah. you know, over and over again. You know, Ethan Page and Ricky Starks are there already and they should be elevated right now. And now is the time and this is a good time to do it. Uh, finally, the main event of the pre-show, uh, Eddie Kingston gets his dream match against his all-Japan idol, the King's Road King, mm. Jun Akiyama. This was Kingston's personal dream match, yeah. and Otis was ringside. Uh, they rang the bell. It was a slobber knocker. It was a continuation of the tag match uh, from Rampage, where Eddie Kingston teamed up with Otis to take on Jun Akiyama mm. and um, Takeshita. Uh, happy to see Takeshita is now All Elite, by the way. He signed a full-time oh, contract, nice. so that's great. Yeah, um, he was on. He delivered a promo on the pre-show with Rene Paquette, mm. where he... Unveiled that he was already like this is great. Uh, Takeshita is one of those guys that I thought would have been a, a great addition to either NXT or AEW. Um, I don't mind either way. Uh, he's 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 been to me right now in AEW like uh, match for match. He's the best wrestler in AEW right now, mm-hmm. just based on the pure five star matches he's been delivering. Uh, but anyways, um, his uh, Japanese counterpart Jun Akiyama, a thirty year veteran of the game, um, all the way back to the roots of All Japan, trained by the four, four pillars of All Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that Eddie Kingston is not a New Japan guy. He's an All Japan guy. He's, he said that all the time. He, he lists his influences as the four pillars of All Japan. And of course, the second generation people such as Jun Akiyama inspired him, specifically Akiyama's match with uh, Hahase. Mm. Uh, so this is Eddie Kingston facing the guy who inspired him to get into pro wrestling. And you knew he was going to be emotional for it. Mm. I loved his pre-match promo where he just couldn't string together a sentence, a sentence intentionally 
to show that he was so emotional. His his brain is on the ring, you know. Mm. Uh, his brain is on Jun Akiyama standing out there. He can't talk to Rene. You know? He's just so nervous. Uh, after the match, he broke down and cried. And I think that was a genuine thing. Like, Eddie Kingston felt like he accomplished what he wanted to do with, with his pro wrestling career and getting to face Jun Akiyama. This felt like, for Eddie Kingston, bigger than a world title shot. Bigger than a WrestleMania main event. The, the, the chance to get to fight Jun Akiyama mm -hmm. in a ring is something that he's wanted his whole life. And I think both these guys delivered delivered that King's Road style. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about Eddie versus June here? Um, wow. Okay. First of all, you could tell that this was a very important match for Eddie Kingston. Mm -hmm. uh, the way that he talked to Rene, right? Before the match itself. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. So he set that up really well. And carried it all the way back to the squared circle. And oh my god, this was... Man, this was hard eating. This was something that uh, you expect from King Eddie Kingston. Yeah, yeah. I think he delivered but... way beyond what I actually expect out of Eddie Kingston. Um, mm. I think he really wanted it and you can... Uh, man, it was... It was uh, it was all those just crazy matches that that you just have to watch in awe, I think. Because I, yep. I think this was like a near-close five-star match. Like a, I mean, it, it was back and forth heavy artillery yeah. uh, from from the, the moment the bell rang, uh, bell to bell, yeah, bell, to uh, bell. as they said. Yeah, um, this was like just smash mouth street fighting yeah. delivered on a, a, a grand stage. I appreciate AEW for bringing yeah. in for, foreign stars for these kind of one-off showcase bouts. Mm -hmm. uh, in this instance, it was an absolute legend in Akiyama, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people, I think, are more familiar, especially modern fans, like... Uh, Millennials and mm -hmm. and so forth are more familiar with NJPW, you know, and are not so familiar with what Akiyama and All Japan brings. And this is a good introduction exactly. to All Japan yeah. style wrestling. I I know Jun Akiyama is technically, um, is technically representing DDT because he's signed to DDT yeah, yeah, right yeah. now. But I mean, his but legacy, I mean, his legacy is All Japan, exactly. and and he's bringing the All Japan legacy here. Yeah. All Japan was what uh, Eddie Kingston watched growing up and all mm -hmm. of that, you know, so. It was uh, it was in it was interesting to observe this monumental moment for Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston gets the win here. Yep. Uh, good for him because he 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 took the loss to uh, Akiyama in the tag match, so it was one for one. Mm -hmm. It's okay, mm -hmm. you know, you can trade them. Uh, keep this type of showcases coming. I love it. Um, Eddie Kingston hyping up the pay per view yeah. after the after the match was uh <laughs> so endearing. You know, you could tell that he wasn't supposed to do that. Yeah. Uh, he was he kept asking how much time do I have left? Oh, it's okay. Excalibur can hype out the, the thing in thirty seconds. You know, the, the motor mouth. It's okay. <laughs> he 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 ran through the card. You know, oh, it's uh, Soraya versus uh Britt Baker. Go watch it. It's a uh, it's seven fifty three. Buy the goddamn pay per view. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but it's uh no better way to sell it. I feel I want and now I want Eddie Kingston to be on before every pay per view, <laughs> just trying it. to sell it. Uh. Yeah. It's amazing. I want the Eddie Kingston infomercial every time. I don't mind. I'll uh, buy it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll buy it. Eddie Kingston told me to buy the goddamn pay per view. You got seven minutes left. Exactly. Go for it. Yeah. yeah. yeah good uh, amazing. Yeah, that was a really good zero hour. I thought uh, it really hyped me up for the pay uh, the main card. Mm -hmm. mm. Speaking of the main card, mm. it kicks off with a barn burner, Ooh. arguably match of the night. Yep. Yep. Uh, Jungle Boy defeats Luchasaurus in a cage match. Uh, one thing I love about AEW cage matches. That is different from WWE cage matches. Yes. Um, the fact that you have okay, the whole idea of the cage match is to keep two people trapped in the ring, yes. right? You know, and then okay, AW doesn't do the whole stupid climb out of the cage and escape to win. Yeah, uh, we saw how dumb it is, uh, particularly lately with Karen Cross versus Drew McIntyre, yes. which was one of the worst cage matches ever 
booked, I think. Sure. And this is a nice counterpoint mm-hmm. to that. Lah. Um, you got, I think AW set a record for like how quickly someone bled. Uh, uh, two minutes in. Yeah, uh, Jungle Boy is just like bleeding everywhere already. Uh, yeah. Uh, or should we say Jack Perry? He's dropped the Jungle oh, Boy sorry, name. Jack actually. Perry, yes. Jack Perry, uh, with his family ringside as always. He just he was covered in a crimson mask. I think two minutes in. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a great story here. A long feud. There are some some could argue a bit too long, but at least it was it was there was a build to this match. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there, some criticism to AW can be levied in that they don't build things enough. No, uh, you could argue that. Yeah, yeah, Jack Perry's Luchasaurus was, if anything, overbuilt. <laughs> Uh, the, but the, the story was power versus agility, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Luchasaurus jammed uh, Jack Perry into the cage and there was blood. Christian snaked the keys from the ref to open the door. Christian was comically carried away by security. Uh, Luchasaurus was sitting in chairs, was sitting in tables. Uh, the objects uh, played a big part in the climax, yeah, you know. Uh, Jungle Boy uh, choked the dinosaur, whacked him with a chair, mm-hmm. set up on the table. He climbed to the top of the cage for a huge flying elbow drop. Boom. Uh, Jack Perry, Jungle Boy Jack Perry cinched in a snare trap submission and Luchasaurus stepped out yep. while bleeding green blood from his mouth because he's a dinosaur. Exactly. Um, what do you think about all this? I thought this was a great pay-per-view opener. Great. I said this was uh, book-tended well, right? Um, yep. Yeah. So this this match really was exciting. Um, mm-hmm. Not from the start. It was like a, it, it built up to that uh, excitement by the end. Yeah. Um, yep. but I mean the bleeding really helped <laughs> straight away. Yep. Um yeah, uh <laughs> well, I don't know what Christian was doing, but okay lah. He unlocked the structure's mm. door, right? Yeah. So yeah, so yeah, and I, I like that um Perry got this win. I think he needed this yep. win really badly. Mm-hmm. Uh and you know, because of all that the shit that he's gone through like, with Luchasaurus, you know. Um, uh, specifically with Christian Cage, right? Exactly. So the fact that he got this win um, elevates him also. Um, yep. Yeah, and f- now now he, he he can he can hold his head up, up high like that. He he protected the honor of his family like, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So many genuine holy shit moments uh, in this uh, match as well. Beyond uh, Jungle Boy jumping off the cage. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. That was like uh, the climax. Agi- climax. Yeah, yeah, but but Jack Perry. Uh, Kind of leaping around the ring and the cage like like a Tarzan it makes yes, sense for him. Yes. Um, Luchasaurus also like, I mean we've always talked about this like he's a very agile big man as mm-hmm. well. You know, um, yeah. But it, it, this was all great. It made a ton of sense. The booking, the psychology of the match was actually really really good as well. It wasn't just a bunch of spots. Um, yeah, uh, it really made Jungle Boy shine. Hopefully, Christian Cage recovers from his broken arm sooner rather than later because I think Jungle Boy needs to beat Christian yes. before this feud ends. Yeah. Because Richard uh, is like the henchman. He is, yeah, yeah. 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 I, and also a bit of a uh, time killer. Like they're, they're waiting for Christian Cage to, to recover, yeah. right? And this was a good like interim feud yeah. and to give Christian time to recover. Agreed, like. agreed. Uh, I did not expect uh, Luchasaurus to tap out, though. I thought that was a big surprise. Yeah, so, yeah, that, that was, was a good surprise, though. Because like I feel the tapping out is more powerful. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you submit to this guy. Like, you're submit this, this, like basically taming a dinosaur, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I kind of like that. Yep. And also the fact that he caught an animal in a snare trap. Exactly. Great. Yes. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Loved it. Loved this whole opening ma- opening match. If you thought the opening match was <laughs> fast paced, high action, high octane, <laughs> mm, I mean, come on. You you may not have seen the Young Bucks versus Lucha Soros before, uh, versus the Lucha Brothers before. Uh, but every time the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers get step into the ring, right? Yeah. It is. 
some sort of magic and they somehow managed to escalate every time um you know like a lot of criticism with lucha brothers mm. and young bucks is that oh you go too fast there's no way you can escalate this they somehow seem to find a way to escalate it even further mm-hmm. every single time yeah, yeah, yeah. uh this time it was the the triumphant return of the elite uh of post suspension post brawl out mm-hmm. uh to re try to recapture the trios championship that they were stripped off uh taking on the new champions death triangle pack phoenix and pentagon entered as champions the story here was twofold the story was can elite come back to reclaim the titles they never lost and the second story is can the death triangle coexist especially since pack is trying to corrupt phoenix by getting him to use the hammer uh you know like he feels that phoenix isn't uh bloodthirsty enough isn't ruthless enough and that's kind of holding death triangle back um the that whole dynamic is even exemplified by the entrance because you have uh penta standing in the middle and then you have phoenix entering through the through the face uh, tunnel mm-hmm. you have pack entering through the heel tunnel so that that perfectly already visually symbolizes the dynamic of that triangle like you got one neutral you got one face you got one heel that's a great trio you know yeah. and the story is of of course of pack trying to corrupt phoenix um so many great things in this match uh not only uh the match itself but even in the beginning uh, what do you think about the elite's new entrance song by Kansas mm-hmm. Carry on my wayward son. I'm I'm fine with it. Carry on my wayward son by Kansas suits the yep. uh, suits the vibe, I guess. Yeah. Um. But damn, that match itself, right? Come on. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay, how do I start this? Uh, I for, later I'll talk about the the similarities of this match. I mean the that that you know that insertion of the hammer and all that, right? Mm, the but end. there was a big difference. One was corrupted and one wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> So I had an issue with it initially until I realized that they went with variations of the same story, but at least it was varied. It was varied, yeah. But all had yeah. a similar kind of theme, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so anyway, um, uh, kudos, man. I mean, again, it's just like, I I don't know what is it about the Lucha Brothers, but they got an a, a extra gear or something when it comes to the trios matches. You, you know what the extra gear is? It's because Lucha Brothers are constantly working with people. No disrespect to the rest of the roster. Okay. That, cannot, that cannot keep up with the Lucha Brothers. Ah. The Young Bucks can. Ah. Not only can they keep up, it's like, you want to go You want to go one gear higher? You want to go one gear higher? You want to go one gear higher? Do you want to go full gear? Pardon the pun. <laughs> uh, Young Bucks is the only one that can keep up with, with Death Rigal who are always like constantly one-upping, one-upping, one-upping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and who, are the, who are the people that can match them? Kenny Omega and the Bucks. Of, of course they can. Yeah. Of course they can. Yeah. And there's just this crazy amount of chemistry between the two teams, man. Yeah. Like, uh, it's so weird because Pac feels like the guy that is a bit uh, out of sync with the rest of them mm. at times, you know? Um, yep. But I mean, he also holds up his own. It's not like as if he's, uh, you know, he's not doing his, his, his job. Mm, he was a little slower, I assume, because he broke his nose early in the match. And okay, yeah, breathe, maybe, maybe that's why. Yeah. 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 So that, yeah. that's why I noticed. Like, I noticed like his partners were really just killing it, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, but uh, Matt Jack, the... The counters on counters on counters, right? It's so beautiful to watch sometimes. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, la, I mean, this is a flip monkey kind of thing, la, but it's so fun when it is what you expect from these two teams anyway, right? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, w- this is what a trio's matchup should be like, you know? Mm. Where it's non-stop mm-hmm. action. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think this match was non-stop action, man. Like, it, it was just, uh, I mean, until they had to take breaks la, when all... When everybody's way late, lah. 
Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah. but uh, they, they gotta give the <laughs> some time to applaud, yeah, exactly. to, to chant, you exactly. know, get into it, yeah. and to like process what just happened, you know. Uh, yeah. yeah so uh, great stuff. Uh, Death Triangle winning by, I guess, cheating. Definitely. I mean, it was this was the thing Pack has been trying to get Phoenix to do for months, yeah. and Phoenix finally, ah, fuck it, like yeah, Pack is right. Let's do this, you know, yeah. and. I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. I, I, and also just the absolute shocker because everyone just assumed that the Elite were going to come back and get the titles. Exactly. Because there was the, uh, everyone, this was the biggest shock of the night. Not MJF winning, not Jamie Hater winning. Not, not, this was the biggest shock of the night yeah. that the Elite lost in their return. Yeah. Um, and Phoenix was corrupted. I, I, I thought this was actually one of the best built stories of the pay-per-view. Yeah, but it's like corrupted but then like regretted immediately, you know? I know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so can continue the story lah. Yeah, yep, exactly. Yep, yep. Because a few few t- type of things happen over the, the course of this pay per view where it goes. Mm. Oh, I can't wait for the the, the next dynamite man. The, the atmosphere of this match was electric. Was. I think the crowd was the the crowd was at its hottest mm. during this match, particularly because the the you know the lights out, the elite return, the wayward sons, um, uh, welcome home chants yeah. followed up by. Get this Foxy and Punk chance, which <laughs> man, you you gotta love the AW live crowd. This is this um, uh, New York, right? This is New York, New Jersey. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what a bunch of assholes! <laughs> Fox, Foxy and Punk chance uh, were were great. It, yeah. Um, and, and uh, honestly, kind of deserved on oh, CM no, Punk's no. part. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, especially you know with, with regards to the elite like, like uh, not only did they have Foxy and Punk chance. After Foxy and Punk, they started chanting Colt Cabana, who had nothing to do with this match, but <laughs> great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's only one thing more offensive to CM Punk than Foxy and Punk. It is the chant of Colt Cabana. <laughs> uh, and that was great too. Um, so the Death Triangle won this match by a cheating, and then they announced something that I did not expect. Oh, yeah. That both teams will be competing mm-hmm. in a best of seven series. Oh my god. Best of seven series. So this was match one yeah. of the best of seven series, and Death Triangle are leading one nil. Now they're doing a playoff final yeah, for the for for the trio championship here. Um, and match seven or game seven or whatever you can call it is scheduled for January eleventh. Mm-hmm. I think it will go to a game seven if they book it correctly. I mean, it'd be quite um, cool if they did seven. But if let's say they want to like make it extra, you know, like, like real life, like right? real sports, uh, Yeah, maybe it can go like a sweep, you know. <laughs> Exactly, they could, you know, maybe Death Triangle uh, goes for 4-0 or maybe it's 4-2 you yeah, know, exactly. or something, something like that. Like that like. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, but uh, in most circumstances, you know, I've complained about this a lot like, with WWE and Vince McMahon, you know, so, I hate rematches, hate rematches. Oh, New Day versus Usos again. But much like the New Days versus Usos, right? Like Death Triangle, Death Triangle versus the Elite, right? Um, I'm down for six more matches. <laughs> yeah, I'm so down. I'm down for watching it every week. Yeah. Every Dynamite. Let's have Death Triangle versus the Elite. I mean, but I like this. You gonna... know why? Because they are uh, they are telling us, look, there's going to be seven fucking matches for this. Okay, get yep, ready yep. for that. And I'm like, yep, yep okay. <laughs> and you know, what all seven matches are going to bang. Exactly. You know, seven matches that like, you be you have a hard time picking the best of the seven matches. Confirm, hundred percent. I I money down. I already know this. Yes, yeah. yes. I mean, it, is it a bit overkill? Of course, sure. But I mean, come on. Like, if anybody. Can keep all seven matches fresh and feel different. Is this six people? You know, I've is this six people with such great uh spot monkey brains, uh, shall we say? Yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll keep coming up with like different spots for match seven, yeah, you know, yeah. or match six and match five, you know, and all of that. It, it won't feel the same, trust yeah, me. Yeah, and I'm sure people they, hit on this and all that, but trust this is something that I will have fun with. Yes, yeah. yeah. 
Um, is there a bit of uh? This is a very ludicrous fantasy. Sure. I, have, I know it's I know it's not gonna happen lah. But my dream is for the elite to win to uh to come back from like three 0 down to win four three. Ooh, I like that. Yeah lah, that's like a LeBron final sir. Yes, and then when they are, you know, uh, so tired at the end, blah blah blah, you know, after seven historic matches. Plus, okay, I forgot to mention this. In the middle of this best of seven series, mm-hmm. uh, Kenny Omega is traveling to Wrestle Kingdom on January fourth to take on Bo Osprey. So he's going to be having like a um, intense schedule, uh, for for the next few weeks. So, mm-hmm. so elite attack, blah blah blah. Uh, they won- they finally win the titles after four three. Yeah. Lights off, lights on. They get attacked by CM Punk and FTR. Who challenge for their trios championship? This is that, that is my dream fantasy scenario. It you won't happen, now, But like, I mean, the, 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 can you imagine like all that? The whole thing was a work. Or rather, yeah, is a a shoot that became a work. That became a work, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've seen shoots become works before. Yeah, exactly. But like, this will be one of those like legendary shoot turn works. You know? Yes, absolutely. Man, if only they absolutely. had the like mankind of like power to do that though. Yes, I mean, if they can only settle the differences in the next two months, you know, and then like the finale of this best of seven is uh, CM Punk and his cronies, uh, FTR, beating up uh, the elite I, and challenging for the trio championship. I honestly would forgive CM Punk for all the shit that he put a lot of wrestlers through. Ah, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I've hated CM Punk for 15 years now, but every time he does something amazing, uh, I, I always forgive him. Yeah, so if he does uh, that, I'll, I'll forgive him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like a, it's like every new Kanye West album, right? Like you're like, ah, fuck, fuck. I, ah, okay, lah, I like you again, or whatever, lah. You know, okay, good la. album. <laughs> <laughs> like Pedro and Pedro came out. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay, lah. Okay, lah. Crazy, la, but la, la. your music is good. Can lah, can lah. Yeah, and and it's only like you know the story is so good, the kayfabe is so yeah, good. I'm willing man. to forgive the shoot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, next up we have a TBS championship mm. match. Jade Cargill takes on the alleged mm. TBS champion Nyla Rose who stole her belt. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the story for this match. I particularly like the fact that Nyla Rose, who used to be presented as a monster, but yet is so funny on Instagram and Twitter, mm-hmm. finally gets to show a bit of her personality yes. here in this feud. You know, Nyla Rose is, hilar- is a hilarious person and easy to root for, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that she finally got to be hilarious in kayfabe. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it also delivering, uh, giving Jade Cargill her her first like true test yes. in a horse fight. You know, someone as strong, someone as big, someone as fat. You know, and he, he can he can match like uh, blow for blow, yeah, like, it, it, in a sense. You know, beast mm-hmm. versus beast here. Uh, and and I I really like this. I liked. Uh, I even enjoyed Vicky Guerrero today because Vicky Guerrero and Nyla Rose came out to the Eddie tribute. Oh. You know, in the in the what, what do you call those Cadillacs that jump up and down yeah. the bouncy Cadillacs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know. Uh, Jade Cargill coming out as Chitara from Thundercats cool. was really cool too. Um, I, I I thought this was one of Jade Cargill's better matches. Mm-hmm. Um, the the finishing sequence was pretty good. Um, it wasn't anything special because no. I don't think Jade Cargill is at, at a point where she can deliver a special match yet. Not yet, not yet. But at least this is the one where Jade Cargill was actually you know selling, yeah. working from underneath. You know things I've never seen her do before. Mm-hmm. So. In, and it also elevated Nala Rose to a fan favorite status. He finally got a personality shine. So yeah. because it, it hit all those goal marks, I'm like, okay, yeah, I like this. What about you? Mm. Uh, it's called a low rider, by the way. A low rider, that's yeah. right. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, best one or better cargo matches for sure. Uh, Nyla Rose being more of a personality now. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I, I think I agree with uh, everything you said. Uh, there was some like little 
uh, hiccups at the beginning of the match as they were getting to like quote unquote know each other lah. Yeah. Uh, but as they got more comfortable with each other, the match uh, greatly improved. I felt. Uh, mm-hmm. And by the end, it was a, it was it was uh, it was really a fun uh, a fun little match lah. I guess. Yes, um, yeah, fun little match. I love yeah. that uh, Nyla Rose is quote unquote TBS champion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because of her stealing the belt. So yeah, um, a great little story for a uh, what this is like a C story maybe. Yeah, perhaps even lower actually. Yeah. But but I'm I'm actually happy that the women's division actually has a C story. No, yeah, exactly. Yes. It, it used to be just like one story for the belt, exactly. and now they have like C D stories. You know, right. um, you know they have stories with like Athena uh, turning heel exactly. on rampage things like that. They have D E E stories, so like it's great. It's, yeah, it's great because that means that means more people are doing something. You know what I mean? And you're making use of your roster. Yeah, yeah, and the thing is, right, not every story needs to be good. I'm not even about that. Like, they can have some bad stories because that proves that they have many stories. Exactly. I just I just want many stories for the women's division. There's so many people not doing shit exactly. and finally everyone is doing something. And, you know, non-title feuds can exist, right? Yes. They, they can happen, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Like, like, like Brit, for example. Brit versus Syria, which we'll talk about uh, a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, next up, though, we have another banger Ooh. of a match. God damn. The ROH World Championship, Chris Jericho versus Brian Danielson versus Claudio Caxignoli versus Sammy Guevara. Mm-hmm. The story was our faction relationships. So, Blackpool Combat Club, right? Mm. They are obviously together against JAS. But, Blackpool Combat Club has no qualms fighting each other. It's, not, it's nothing personal. Yeah, it's they fight personal. each other every time. Yeah. They, they, they talk about it in their promos. Like, we fight each other in the gym. Like, they, this is how we get better. We fight each other. But, the story was, uh, was of Chris Jericho assuming Sammy Guevara was going to do the right thing and just lay down for him. Help him and then lay down for him, right? Oh, no. <laughs> Chris Jericho uh, has another thing coming because if he hasn't noticed in, in the past few promos, Sammy Guevara has, has been taken aback by this. He's like, what the fuck, man? This is my chance at a world championship too. I've never won one. Exactly. I thought this was a very, very good story. It, um, it came to a point even when three quarters into the match, we were so focused on Chris Jericho and Sammy turning on each other. Yeah. That that you didn't see uh the Brian Danielson delivering a busaikoni to Claudio to <laughs> to try to sneak a win. And that was such a good moment too. Yeah. We forgot that Brian, of course, will also try to bring Claudio and vice versa. Why wouldn't he? Yeah. You know? Um I, I I thought this was considering the four workers at work here, considering the story that they built for it. Um this is the first time in a long time that I haven't been sick of BCC versus JAS because this feud has been going on since April. Right. But this is a new wrinkle. And, and, and this is the first time I've been like, oh shit, okay, I think I'm reinvested in this feud, mm-hmm. which also I think has gone on for too long. Let's move on from this. But if they were to end the feud here, I'll be like, okay, they ended it on a high, you know? Yes. Uh, so what do you think about this Fatal 4-Way? What do you think about the Jericho, Sammy Guevara dissension and all of that? Uh, like you said, uh, it's a bit overbooked, right? At the beginning, you, you think that like, oh, again, another JS versus... BCC, BCC thing. thing, but then you forgot. And the fact all they, the they, just, they just replaced Daniel Garcia with Sammy Guevara exactly. in the same story, exactly. pretty much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But all the wrinkles in between, you forgot about, right? So yep. yeah. So when the wrinkles show up, that's when it becomes interesting, You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think all four men showed up, man, and they really delivered what was a really banger of a match. Uh, yep. man, how is Jericho still this good, lah? Mm. Uh yeah, uh he's the and somehow you know he used his grizzled veterani veterancy right to actually win the match yep. itself. Uh yep. so good on him. Um I can't wait to see where he goes with this. Mm. I mean because uh ROH is starting their show soon, right, next year. 
yeah, I, I firmly believe that during final battle they're going to announce the show. Yeah, so go for it, like, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm down to see where this goes. Um, mm. I mean, I'm also down for like the separate BCC stories and the JS stories as well. Yeah, I think if not if when ROH launches their show, um, Jericho seems to be the perfect season one. I, I I don't mean to use this term, but he feels like a good season one big bad, you know. Yeah, of course. Holding to the ROH title, uh, wanting to change the brand, wanting to dishonor its legacy, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Then you have all these like ROH people trying to get it back for him. That's a good season one story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, and, and also, I mean, who better than uh, a big name like Chris Jericho to carry a quote-unquote um, you know, like indie promotion to to TV heights, like finally, you know. So exactly. yeah, uh, uh, this was a marvelous fast-paced four-way. Um, every aspect of it was satisfying, from the story mm-hmm. to to the in-ring work, uh, to the psychology of it. Um, later on in the show, Jericho chalked up Sammy's behavior to competitiveness. He said he expected it and appreciates the attitude from Sammy. Yeah. I doubt that's all there uh, is. I feel like this will lead to a bit more dissension exactly. from. From Sammy and Jericho, you know, yeah. and I think this, and I think this is the perfect way to to split up the two factions Same. because I feel like now Jericho has to deal with an internal thing, yeah, and you know what, BCC has to deal with an internal thing as we well coming up later, later. Yeah. yeah. So I think they should stop fighting each other and focus on their own house right <laughs> yeah, now, because their house is on fire. Absolutely, you know. Um, Later on, also we have a, a brief vignette of uh, Orange Cassidy. Mm. Uh, he entered to request an ROH title shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, on behalf of Tomohiro Ishii, mm. uh, so Jericho will take on Tomohiro Ishii on Dynamite this Wednesday. I'm quite excited for it. Mm. Uh, I love Jericho's line. He says he still views Ishii as a young boy uh, because you know back in the day when Jericho visited New Japan, <laughs> Ishii was a young, young boy. boy yeah. uh, a challenge accepted. Uh, to to Jericho, Ishii will be a young boy forever. Uh, and then. Jake Hager scored a shot at Orange Cassidy for the AEW All-Atlantic Championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really liked that interaction. I thought it was very funny. Was. I love that Jake Hager's entire character is that he's a guy who loves this purple bucket hat and that's his character. Yeah. Okay, I'm down for it. Um, I think OC versus Jake Hager is going to be fun. Um, so yeah, good setup for this Wednesday's uh, Dynamite. Yeah. Uh, do you have any thoughts about that before we move on? No, I agree with all you say. Let's go for it. Right. Uh, so, okay. Another non-title women's feud. Mm-hmm. So happy about this. Soraya makes her in-ring return after mm. five and a half years mm-hmm. from a broken freaking neck, yeah. uh, to quote uh, Kurt Angle. Uh, takes on Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. I loved the, f- the build Me to too. this match. I think their promo battles, uh, with the exception of the first promo battle, ever since then, has gotten a lot better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the story of Britt Baker uh, you know, being offended that Sarah calls this her house. This is the house that Britt Baker exactly. built. This is the division that Britt Baker yeah, exactly. built. Britt Baker was the first woman signed to AEW. Exactly. She carried them through the pandemic and things like that. So how dare Surya come in and say that like I am like a bad representative for the women's division? Yeah. Um, and also the story took a very logical, albeit slow burn. The story from from the bell was Sarah's neck. Yeah. Uh, Britt Baker going for varieties of neck breakers, exactly. <laughs> swinging neck breakers, fisherman neck breakers, regular neck breakers, uh, blockbusters, anything that affected the neck, sunset, you know, all, all of it, right? Yeah, all of it. Yeah. Um, was Saraya um, a bit, I mean, I, 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 from the moment she came down, like I could feel like the emotion in her, like she wanted to cry already. Yeah, like this yeah. is a moment that means a lot to her. 
was Raya a little bit rusty after five and a half years? Of course. I mean, yes. So I don't understand the kind of uh, some of the criticisms that have been levied at Syria to me online feel a bit harsh. Uh, saying that she was very sloppy, saying that she isn't as good as she thinks she is. This is huh? the first match back in, in close six in close to six yeah, years. But I feel like because she was a bit sloppy and all that, it made sense. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Like and, and yeah. And also, I mean, you try not doing something for six years and coming back, you know, how how great are you gonna be? Give her time, la. Yeah, She's yeah. obviously very good. She, she she wouldn't be in her position if she wasn't very good. Um and, and Dr. Britt Baker, to, to be fair, Dr. Britt Baker carried the match yeah, yeah, here. Yeah, most of it, yeah. Which she should because Seraya isn't ready yet. Exactly. La. This is the first match back, you know. Cut this girl some slack. Was this the uh, uh match of the okay. night or match of the year contender? It wasn't, no, it wasn't. But the fact that it was perfectly solid already yeah. makes me happy because Seraya isn't supposed to be be wrestling right now. This is a miracle. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thankful for that miracle. So, yeah. what do you think about Syria and Britt Baker DMD? Uh, first of all, Chibai is Britt Baker going for the neck all the time, but very safe, lah, obviously. Yeah, uh, of course. But, yeah. you know, but the, just the image of her, her neck getting hit repeatedly and all that. But, you know, kudos again to, to Britt Baker for keeping this match as safe as possible for Syria. I agree, yeah. yeah. Um, Syria, yeah, rusty as fuck, but I think as a match went by, she kind of found her legs here and there. You know? Yeah, give a time. Yeah. Yeah. No, no issues. I had no issues or not because I felt that that kind of served the overall story anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Britt Baker is the 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 person that built the entire women's division, lah. You know, mm-hmm. um, and yes, we have been criticizing the women's division and all that. So it feels like a very good foil to to Britt Baker having Soraya on the other side of the the the, the ring, lah. Yeah. Yeah. For now. Um. Yeah, I, I can't wait for Saria to slowly get her sea legs back and uh, be on top form again. Um, mm. But yeah, I had no issues with this match, honestly. It was just a solid mm. like 3 out of 5, like, I'll say. You know? Yeah. Um, Saria being rusty, uh, it could have been unintentional. Mm-hmm. And, and that would have been fine because of course Saria would be rusty. It could also be intentional because if you remember when CM Punk came back, what was the story that they ran with Punk? That he was rusty in the yeah, ring, right? Yeah, he be back in seven years or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, great. This is the natural story to do. I hope they keep Same. doing the story. Yeah. Um, Amazing. I uh, love it. Uh, next up, we have... Hey. Ooh, big meaty big man, man slapping meats. <laughs> uh, over the TNT Championship. Samoa Joe, the TV champion, by the way, uh, takes on Will Hobbs, takes on Wardlow for the TNT Championship. Mm-hmm. What do you think about this... Legit horse fight, uh, as Biggie would say, big meaty man slapping meat for fifteen minutes. Uh, I thought it was a it was a car crash, but I mean, I mean, this in a good way. way. Yeah, yep. Uh, that was exactly what it was. Just like a bunch of big ass heavyweights just bump, bump, bumping into one another. You know, uh, mm, but uh, except for, except for Wardlow, who likes to do swantons and <laughs> tope sosidas and shit like that. You know? Which we always find fun, right? Uh, I always find fun. Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry to digress a bit, like, but like I was watching a bunch of Wardlow interviews back when I didn't know who Wardlow was. Yeah. Uh, do you know who his main inspiration for getting to wrestling was? Who? Okay, so okay, when you watch Eddie Kingston, you're like, hmm, okay, it makes sense that Jun Akiyama is so, his uh, yeah, idol, right? Yeah. Counting, yeah. Wardlow got into wrestling because he wanted to be Jeff Hardy. <laughs> wow. And, and, and have you noticed all his Jeff Hardy moves, his whisper in the wind, his swanton bomb, right. his topic on heroes? They're all Jeff Hardy things. Oh my god! But he's built like Rhino. <laughs> he's built like Rhino, exactly. And he and he's wrestling like a backyard wrestler. It's quite amazing, actually. You know what? Kudos to him, man. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they've been Kudos using quite well also, lah. To be fair. Yep. Yeah. Post MJF, yep. I think he's been doing okay. You know, holding the TNT Championship. I don't know. I I think they mishandled his TNT run a bit, lah. I mean, this because they yourself. they settled him with this tag team ah, with yes, Warju and everything, yeah. and he they didn't they didn't really give him a TNT feud, you know, or in the in the four or five months that he's held the belt, you know, he never he had some open challenges, he had some random matches mm-hmm. here and there, but can you remember one match over the TNT Championship, a feud that he had with someone? I can't. Not a f- yeah, not really a feud though, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I if it really felt like it was a bit misused, like not misused all the way, but sometimes misused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, and also the fact here that you know Samojo takes the title away from Wardlow mm-hmm. to become champ, champ, uh, uh, RHTV TV and TNT champion. TNT, right? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, he's essentially holding the TV championships for both promotions, uh, the TNT and the TV championship. Good for Joe. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, good for Samojo. Um, I, I, I love him as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, I'm sorry, I, I, I cut you off here. What do you think about the match and the finish? Oh yeah, good finish all around. Yeah. No, uh, no complaints at all. Again, I was still having fun uh, up to this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I was like, okay, man, full gear is really fun this year. <laughs> Do you think it was the, the right call to take the belt off Wardlow? I thought the belt should have gone to Will Hobbs, in my opinion. <sighs> that was what I was going to say next. I feel that Hobbs is not fully used very well. Mm. Uh, I mean, he's great on the mic. He has... He hasn't been used well since the Ricky Starks. Exactly. But after that, it's like, what, what, what are you doing, guys? Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to lose hops to like WWE, go just keep doing what you're doing now. Lah. Yeah. Uh, and soon you'll you see that I think Triple H can make hops a, a real superstar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, if you um, you should really make use of hops, give him something awesome to do because the competition in WWE is hyping up right now, man. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Uh, so yeah, um, I, I didn't mind the finish of Samojo getting the belt, but I would have preferred it if Will Hobbs got the belt. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think he was kind of very hot at the moment during the Ricky Starks feud. And then he kind of cooled off yeah, for no reason. Exactly. Like they kept him off TV and then suddenly all that momentum was gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought like giving him the, the TNT Championship would have been a good way to restart that momentum. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. So I don't know I don't know where this is going. Yeah. Um, I, ho- I hope for the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Next up, though, we have a no DQ tag team match. Yeah. Uh, Darby Allen and his daddy Sting taking on JD4 and wouldn't you know it, J E double F, J A double double T, Jeff Jarrett joining AEW All Elite not only as a producer but as a wrestler as well. Jeff Jarrett has this year alone has wrestled for NJPW, Triple A, GCW, mm-hmm. WWE. Mm-hmm. And now AEW, this guy is the greatest hustler of all time. Yes. Uh, um, he is barely relevant, but barely. he seems to be keep getting gigs at every promotion in the world, why. including GCW, by the way. Um, yeah, um, Jeff Jarrett is back. He teams up with Jay Lethal to take on a long-time rival, if you forgot, from the WCW days. Mm-hmm. And TNA days also. Jeff Jarrett and Sting had a quite a legendary feud. Mm-hmm. WL and Jay Lethal are feuding right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Satnun Singh on the outside. Uh, just catching fuckers who are just jumping yeah. everywhere. Um, and thank God that Darby Allen is so light. Satnam just catches him like a so easily. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, boy, um, that was a great spot by the way. Uh, Darby Allen trying to do a coffin drop yeah. off a ladder, yeah. off a ladder that was on a ramp to the to downstairs, and he hit Satnam Singh. Boy, <laughs> uh, he he really did. 
I I love and then another big spot with a lot of the big spots is Darby Allen mm-hmm. of course. Um, Darby Allen trying to do a coffin drop and then Jeff Jarrett Ooh, swinging guitar into his back. Oh my god! Oh my god! And, and finishing spot was beautiful. What they call the coffin scorpion death drop. Yeah. It it is a cof- scorpion death drop and a coffin drop at the same time. Really cool. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I even loved uh um. Uh, what was that? Jay Lethal going for the lethal injection and then getting counted into a Scorpion Death Drop. That was pretty cool as well. Uh, this match was wild. I'm, I'm not going to say that it was this, uh, some sort of psychological masterpiece or whatever. Mm. But, but this was like, uh, this is uh, ECW's thing, shall we call him? Like, Sting in his 60s in 2022 feels like the, the, the biggest spot monkey in AEW and oh, that's saying hell. something. <laughs> yeah. Crazy guys, like I we talked about this, right? Like I was under speculation early on that Sting was paired with Darby because he was supposed to rub off on Darby. Yeah, he was yeah. supposed to be like, calm down, kid, let's do some basic moves, that psychology, no, you know, don't don't go too wild. It they went the other way. Darby Darby <laughs> Allen rubbed off on Sting. Yeah, like, okay, this kid's doing crazy things. I'm gonna do crazy things. At 63. He, he's jumping off balconies, he jumped off another balcony today. I mean uh boy, uh, this uh, of all the sh- of the all the kayfabe stories of corruption, right? This is the shoot corruption here. Yeah. W. Allen corrupted Sting. Like, I every time whenever like all this like what when he did the Scorpion Death Drop, right? Yep. I'm like, you're 63. Yeah. Stop that. <laughs> yep. Yep. You broke your back to a buckle bomb. Yep. You know, but like somehow he found like some uh, what fountain of youth or something like. How is he doing all these like crazy things more than what he has done like in impact or like in uh like, on his like when he was in the forties and fifties? Mm. You know, like and even when he was like twenty thirties, like he didn't do crazy stuff he did. Stuff like this. No, he was not, but yeah, not exactly. This level. I'm like, whoa, he was sixty three, but okay, you know what? If you keep coming back for it and you look like you're okay, good for you, man. Like he found something that all all wrestlers his age, like you know, Undertaker and all that. Never could do. Mm. Yeah, because this weird old man high-flying, you know? Usually it's old man strength, you know what I mean? Yes. But this is like old man flip monkey. What? Crazy, crazy. Sting at this age. Uh, what, what do you think about the match as a whole though, and the finish? Uh, great, great, great. Um, I, I thought this was actually... Jeff Jarrett actually surprised me. Yes, he did. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had fun with him. Uh, I, I honestly wasn't very thrilled when they... Uh, introduced him uh nobody was nobody in the world was, I was like, okay jeff jared i'm like this is the weirdest um uh what debut but okay yeah um but yeah okay just bring him out once in a while have him wrestle this kind of matches okay lah, no problem lah. Yeah. yeah 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 to me jeff jared is like logan paul like i kind of don't want to see him but then every time they wrestle like ah, okay i think i kind of get it i get why why he's an attraction fucking hell this hustler <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's fucking hustlers, yeah. like. But uh, uh, kudos, I'll give this like a B minus or a sure. B. Yeah, sure. Yeah, a hundred percent agreed as well. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have uh, a one-on-one match for the interim mm. AEW Women's World Championship. Jamie Hater takes on Tony Storm. First of all, I love the story to this Me match. Too. I love that they brought up the idea or the story that you know when Tony Storm was released from WWE and Jamie Hater was stuck in London for during the pandemic and everything. That these girls were roommates for a full year. Yeah. They were very good friends. They were good friends before they were roommates. And now it's all devolved into this feud. Um, great way to turn real life into a, into a feud. Um, 
I think these two girls have probably very, very good chemistry just because they train together and they work together and they live together and all that. They, um, they know how to work. Uh, there wasn't the sort of feeling out process that you saw with Soraya and Dr. Britt yeah, Baker, the yeah, MD and stuff like that. Yeah, this was two women at the peak of their powers, like in the prime right now, you know, mm-hmm. um, in, in the groove and in the middle of a good feud. Uh, I thought it was really, really great. I'm glad that Tony finally, I mean Tony Khan, not Tony Storm. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tony, I'm glad that Tony Khan finally listened to the fans because, hey, Tony Storm came in as a face. She was not treated as a face. The fans were ready for Jamie Hater to be crowned here. Mm-hmm. If Jamie Hater wasn't crowned here, I think the fans would have rioted and left. Yeah. Um, people really wanted Jamie Hater to win. I wanted Jamie Hater to win. And that led to a beautiful finish to it there was several I mean it was beautiful too yes uh, it it verged on overbooking but it never quite crossed into overbooking it verged on it but like it was just enough to get me to to bite on every near fall I a bit on every one of them I was like ah 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 (laughs) you know that thing Uh, Storm Zero yes oh shit and then like okay lah (laughs) <laughs> and and then when and then when Tony kicked out and then Tony did the storm zero and then you thought oh <laughs> fuck the fans are gonna try it you know? exactly and they kept turning back around Re- uh, Rebel came out Doctor Britt Baker came out I even love that Doctor Britt Britt Baker finally proved that she was a real friend yeah she she did she 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 we always thought like uh, she would never let her crony win the world championship because right? she wants to be the star oh, she tried man. she came out she came out she tried her best to yeah. help Jimmy Hater win she smashed uh, Brit- Tony Storm into the, the belt right yeah, yeah it turns out. Britt Baker is a, is a true friend exactly. uh, to Jamie Hater. Jamie Hater gets the win here to a raucous reception. Um, I can't wait for Dynamite because she's surely going to get you deserve it chance. Yeah. Um, what, do, what do you think about all this? From the story to the build agree, to the match I to the agree finish? I you 100%. Uh, yeah. Tony Storm did a really good job in putting uh, Hater over in yep. this match. Um, yeah, damn man. Jamie Hater is one of those... Uh, yeah, I think she can carry the world champion for uh world championship very well for the next few months. Yeah, until yeah. whenever Tanda Rosa gets back. Right? Exactly, yeah. Because it's yep. the interim one, right? Yep. Yeah, so yeah, why not uh, put her a hater, uh, have a few cool feuds, and then once Tanda Rosa comes back, then we have a unification. Mm. Yeah. I think uh, hater versus Tanda Rosa would be a good, uh, a good, uh, you know, a good matchup, lah. Definitely, but um, you, you know that they, they, they announced that AW is going to London early next year, right? Yes, yes, yes. So, I think uh, they should headline whatever London card it is, whether it's a pay-per-view, whether it's a dynamite. The, the headliner should be Jimmy Hader versus Soraya. Ooh. You know, British, British. If you can, can build a story up from now until then, why not? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're already sort of involved in a feud. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Mean, yeah. Yeah, so just continue what? that story, it'll be great. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, loved it. Next up, we have the AEW World Tag Team Championship. Oh, this was fun. The acclaimed take on Swerve in our glory, Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee. Billy Gunn was absent from the match. Uh, commentary explained that he didn't want his heated emotions towards Swerve to cost his boys. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. That, that was a good reason for Billy Gunn not being there. Mm-hmm. Uh, acclaimed, once again, is like the hottest tag team in the world. Yes, um I just mean not in the ring, like FTR is in the ring, the hottest acting in the world. I just mean like they're over as fuck, like with the catchphrases. Yeah. Uh, uh, the new New Age Outlaws, as we continue to call mm-hmm. them. Uh, me Daddy, yes, the claim have arrived. Uh, this was the longest rap that Max Caster has ever done, and he killed it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, what a what a boom of a match carrying on two stories. Uh, of course, they acclaim wanting revenge, and of course, <laughs> the. The inevitable breakup between Swerve and Keith Lee. Yeah. Keith Lee disagreeing with Swerve's uh, dastardly villainous. 
Joker-esque tactics. Oh. I love the the little video that he filmed of you know him kidnapping uh, Billy Gunn and then you know uh, basically breaking his fingers in a very horror movie type vignette. Uh, loved it. Loved everything about this. Oh, I and I, I think this is a perfect capper to their feud. Uh, Swerve versus Keith is a natural feud yes. to spin off from this. Right. Uh, the claim can move on. Can move on to uh, defend against FTR yeah. or another team. Yeah. So yeah, why 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 not? Uh, what what do you think about a claim versus uh, Swerve in our glory? Well, again, this match is a great way to just branch off to other things, right? And I think they really did that, like, By the end of the match, you know, when uh, when Keith Lee threw away the 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 pliers, right? And then walked away. After he got slapped. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't, dis- he didn't, I mean, he could have done a lot more damage to Swerve, but he didn't. He just walked away. I, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, I kind yeah. of like that because you kind of keep us wanting to see this uh, feud between Keefley and Swerve, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I love how Bowens was selling his injured shoulder throughout until the, like, the last part even, like, you know, he couldn't, like, he had to, like, really muscle up to get that, that last move in, you know? Yeah, they're finished, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So uh great on them. Uh my god, the claim is something else, man. Uh mm-hmm. I really want them to I mean the tech team uh landscape, right? Is so awesome in AEW. You can really match them with any one of the tech teams and it's gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, I can't wait to see who's their next uh opponent. Uh yep. and yeah, Swerve taking on Keefley is the, the, the way it should be because Swerve I feel is a better uh singles wrestler. La. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we'll see where this goes. Again, three out of I know I, I think I'll three point five out of five for this match. Sure. Another solid outing yeah. between the acclaimed and Surf in our glory. Uh this has been one of the most unexpected feuds and the ones one of the ones that I've enjoyed the most out of AW programming in recent Agreed. months. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, I'm I'm very interested to see how it goes forward here. Uh next up we have hey. uh the world championship match, the AW World Championship match. F- MJF taking on John Moxley. Mm. For the world title. Can I just say that the promo battles leading up to this uh, match mm-hmm. have been the stuff of legend. And I say this with every MJF match. Yeah. Uh, even MJF versus Jungle Boy or MJF versus Anybody CM Punk that. especially. Especially when MJF is taking on someone that can match him on the mic. Yeah. It always leads to gold. Yeah. Uh, and especially... Did you watch the MJF Regal promo? Yes, yes. The most amazing promo because MJF delivered this story about how he couldn't get hired at NXT, right? Yep. An amazing, you know, uh, uh, Regal was leading him on, saying you're too young, sending him an email that said you're not wanted, blah, blah, blah. And everyone, including myself, was sympathizing with MJF. Yeah. We were like, yeah, fuck Regal. Fuck William Regal, yeah. right? How can you do this to a generational talent? Exactly. And then Regal just smiled. He takes the mic and he completely shifts the mood 180. He turned the crowd back onto his side. Yeah. Saying like, kid, when I was a when I was a boy, I was you know, older men were beating me up. I was bleeding out of my nose and mouth and ears and shit like that, and and I never wanted to quit the business. If an email wanted made you want to quit the business, then I guess you just not cut out for it yeah. and stuff like that. You little bitch, bro. <laughs> Basically, what you said. I loved how like we Regal managed to completely turn a crowd that was so sympathetic to MJF. I mean, Regal's a legend on the mic, man. You know, MJF gets so much props, right, for being the best mic worker in AEW. Yeah. And then people forgot, uh, did you forget that Regal is also really good? Now we always knew this. But I mean, and it's a good reminder for us. La. And that was the moment when I was like, huh, is there something between MJF and Regal right. here? Is Regal now regretting uh, overlooking MJF? Right. 
is he regretting aligning with the Brian Danielsons and the John Moxies of the world because he sees that they will never be as big as MGF? They're they're good talents, but they're not generational talents like MGF. Is this a thing that's going to happen? I don't know. There's so everybody many possibilities. Ex- everybody expected Stokely Hathaway or the firm to interfere, yeah, right? Yeah. But the ending here. Uh, William Regal saying that I, I okay that, that when when he said that you shouldn't use your diamond uh your your diamond ring to get the knockout yeah. win right you shouldn't you know I already thought mm, what if MGF refuses and then uh William Regal gives him the brass knucks a bit of a, a passing of the tradition you know passing the torch to MGF the new villain uh and he did oh my god uh there were better matches in the night for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. N- nothing blew my mind or made me pop as hard as the moment William Regal turned on Moxley and passed MJF the brass knuckles. That was and it was done pure. brilliantly, you know. Like first, Pro- first yeah. he told, perfection. He just told MJF to like don't use the ring, you know. Yeah. And, and MJF like had this like weird respect for Regal, so he like took the ring out and just threw it and then pointed the finger. Right? Yep. I was like, oh no, wow, he's going to try win this clean. Mm-hmm. And then a few moves later, you know, with the refs, the ref bumps and all that stuff, you know, uh, all the distractions and all that. And then the second time, he's face-to-face with Regal and Regal just sneakily just slid that fucking brass knuckles. It was so smooth. Mm. You know, and, and immediately MJF put it on and you were like, oh my God, what just did we just witness? Yep. Like, it was such a beautifully booked spot you know mm. because of storytelling la. and you couldn't even tell what was Regal's reaction you know once he won mm-hmm. what was Regal you know I, I'm like I was so curious of what Regal's what's in Regal's mind it was like a bit of pride but mm-hmm. like it was also like a bit of like conflict within him also yep but yeah I, I can't wait for the next Dynamite I really but is it true that uh, Moxie is taking a break after this yeah, I mean, he was supposed to go on vacation until the CM Punk thing happened. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had to come back because of the CM Punk stuff, right? Yeah, he was supposed to go on a six-week vacation because <laughs> he had been carrying this fucking company for the entire year. <laughs> and then he was like, okay, I can finally pass it back to CM Punk. I can pass it back to Kenny Omega, oh, you know, guys like that, yeah. you know. You know, because like, it, there was the pay-per-view, the last pay-per-view, Kenny Omega came back, right? Yeah. Uh, and then CM Punk came back, right? Because they were both, like, injured. And they came back and said, oh, okay, I can finally take a break. You know, the, 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 we got other top guys that can take it. You know, Adam Cole can take it. And Adam Cole got a concussion. Yeah. Kenny Omega uh, came back, got suspended. CM Punk came back, got suspended and injured. And then Moxie just there. Ah, oh, fuck. I, oh Renee, I think we have to, I guess we have to cancel our trip. <laughs> Wait, does that mean that they fast-forwarded MJF to the, the top spot because of all these shenanigans? Um, okay, number one, MJF d- definitely deserves no, no, the spot regardless yeah, of yeah, yeah, how yeah. it is. Of course. And, but, but number two, yes, Moxie needs a break. He does, he does, he does. This, this fucker has been carrying this company for so long. Yeah, but it was because of all these shenanigans that MJF got the title a bit earlier. La. Yeah. Oh, good on them then. <laughs> Remember, he, he even carried the company when CM Punk got injured the first time and he had to carry the interim championship. <laughs> he did, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he was delivering like banger championship defenses against random people <laughs> every week. He's like, okay, I guess I'm not taking a vacation now. <laughs> Let's book it six weeks from now. Oh no, I guess I, I guess we're not going. Let's book it again uh, next year or whatever. So yeah, okay, go take a break, John Moxley. Yeah, you, know? you deserve a break, man. Uh, and you know what, MJF would be the the guy, the right guy to take over right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This will lead up to the bidding war of twenty twenty four, I think I told you the story is going to be 
MJF holding the the title hostage. Is he gonna leave to WWE oh. with the title? That will be the story. I hope he does, though. I, I also hope that you he does. You know why? It's not as bad as it, it, it's not as bad for AW as you think. Mm. Yeah, can you imagine the AW champion on WWE? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I honestly hope that Forbidden Door 2024 is WWE AEW. Yeah, because that it will be insane. It's just that I don't know whether Tony Khan sees that kind of um opportunity. Yeah, there's there's a lot of bad blood. Yeah. I think Triple H will be will be more open to it than Vince McMahon certainly. So there's more of a chance now yeah. than it was last year. Exactly. La. So if they can, uh, you know, like bury all the, bury the hatchet and you know, and and see the business opportunity, oh my mm-hmm. god. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah. So okay, I think the main event. Okay, let's let's fantasy book twenty twenty four for billion dollars. Yeah, sure. uh, uh, MJF holding the title hostage. Who should be AEW's representative to take it off him? I think. Who? Kenny Omega. I mean, you have to beat one of the big guys. Yeah, I think Kenny. Right. Kenny's the only one. Uh, co-main event. Here we go. Seth Rollins versus Sting. Oh, Sting. Oh, 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 oh yes, yes, yes. Oh my god, yeah, you're right. I, I, will, I will build a card around these two matches. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But then Roman has to do something, though. Um, that doesn't have to, because Roman can just be in the WWE world and not really be involved in this. Okay, you know what? Maybe maybe Roman versus Kenny. I think Roman versus Kenny is a dream match that we all want to see. Oh. Um, MGF, WWE, MGF takes on... Who's a pillar? Who's a pillar? Cody Rhodes. Uh, uh, uh no no I I would do Cody I would do Cody Rhodes against someone else also. Okay. Yeah, but these are the matches that you can do around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Who who are the four pillars? Jungle Boy, Darby Allen, mm-hmm. MGF, and I'm forgetting someone. It could be Britt Baker too. Yeah. You know, uh, Britt Baker versus um Bianca Belair or Charlotte would be a great match too. Charlotte, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, yeah a, a lot of good options from there. Uh, but let's think a bit more short term. Yeah, sure. MJF wins. Regal has sided with MJF. What do you think this means for MJF and the Blackpool Combat Club? Does the Blackpool Combat Club break up or do they rebrand as something else and stay together? Because, you know, Regal is the only one from Blackpool. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Hmm, break up, uh, no choice. I know I I, I would I, I would keep them together. <laughs> no no of course I mean it's a solid faction and uh still got a lot of storylines that you can tell with them. The the Brian Combat Club exactly. something like something that. Like that. Yeah. Sure, why not, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean MJF they can na- still keep the same name, like it doesn't really matter. Like, I know that uh he I mean even though the the, the, the Regal is no longer their their leader is fine. Mm. Yeah. Okay, okay, fine, fine. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Um MJF, you think, like we were discussing earlier, Ethan Page is his next few? Oh, that would be great, right? I mean, once Ethan wins. Yep. Uh. Uh, yeah, yeah. And even if he doesn't, Ricky Starks will also be a great Exactly. Great, so, so, no matter no, where they go. No, no wrong roads to be taken. Yeah, agreed. AW has booked themselves into a very comfortable area. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's the exact opposite of booking yourselves into a corner. They book themselves into a wide open space, exactly. into a desert. You know, yeah. yeah, like you can bunch off anywhere and it, it still works. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, would watch, I would watch both stories, to be honest. I wish there was a multiverse where I can watch both feuds going on at the same time. Agreed, agreed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Schrodinger's feud. Uh, in this <laughs> um, anyways. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm going to rate Full Gear as a pay-per-view. Uh-huh. And A. Yeah, uh, that, that sounds right. Uh, a minus, a, a plus also can. 
Yeah. yeah. In the A region. And, and they did this without the benefit of you remember what happened at last year's full gear? Oh, no. Brian Danielson debuted. Yeah. Adam Cole debuted. They had no new surprises here and it was still solid. Yeah, yeah. Because they have like they have one of the strongest tables out there, you know. So yeah, they made use of the stable really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, amazing pay-per-view. I highly recommend that you check it out because this is this is a great refresh for AW. It kind of, in a one fell swoop, wipes away all the bad, all the sour taste in our mouths like, from the debacle of Brawl Out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm very happy to, to that AW has finally found their footing again. Agreed. Yeah. Um, Full Gear every year feels like their, their reset button, their season finale, you know, like last year, Brian and Adam uh, Cole coming in. It always feels like every time after Full Gear, they have so many things that they can do. Mm. If yeah, it feels like a, a season ender or a season opener, uh, sort of vibe. Anyways, I'm gonna talk a little bit about Impact Overdrive, the latest premium live event mm-hmm. on uh, Impact Plus. Uh, I highly recommend that you check out the Impact X Division title match between Black Taurus from Triple A and Trey Miguel. Uh, high flying shenanigans here, one of the better X Division matches you'll ever see. Uh, last month, Jordan Grace versus Marsha Samovich was the hard hits match of the month, and once again. Jordan Grace versus Master Shalmovich has another chance to be in the hard hits match of the month this month because this was a slobber knocker, last knockout standing match that really showcased two powerhouses in the knockouts division. Uh, in fact, you know, they, they may even be the, the, the best women's wrestlers in the knockout, uh, not just the knockouts division, but in any gender division, in, in the entirety of the Impact roster. They were so amazing here. I recommend that you check out their match at Bound for Glory and then watch this last woman standing match at uh, Overdrive. Uh, really, really great. The main event, though, was Josh Alexander taking on Frankie Kazarian, who cashed in option C, i.e. giving up the exhibition title that he had to uh, challenge, to get the number one contendership for the Impact World Championship. And this is, in my opinion, one of the best Kazarian matches in a decade. If not the best, it featured lots of drama, great spots, logical psychology and storytelling. Just watch it, you know. At that age, at the, at the age of Frankie Kazarian, for him to wrestle over 30 minutes is quite something. But he had the ideal dance partner in Josh Alexander, mm-hmm. who I thought, who I think, I still think, is the wrestler of the year right now. He's the, the greatest world champion in any division because he keeps delivering five-star match after five-star yeah. match after five-star match. Uh, so yeah, yeah, please go check out Josh Alexander versus Frankie Kazarian, the world title match I for think- the for the. Im- Impact yeah, I here. think all the recommendations of Josh Alexander you that you asked me to watch has been really killer. Basically, watch every Josh Alexander title match. La. He yeah. always brings it. La. Yeah. You know, like like not, not every Roman match is five stars and not every John Moxley match is five stars, but every Josh Alexander match is five stars. Yeah, and I think you're yeah, you're right. I think Josh Alexander can is if there's if we had a list of best wrestlers, he'll be at the top of it. La. Mm. I, I do have to give credit to Frankie Kazarian too because this guy is old, man. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact that he delivered a 30-minute-plus match uh, in a main event that, that there was absolute perfection from bell to bell, mm-hmm. it was so qualitative and fantastic from the beginning to end. And the hardest task after watching this kind of matches is to have to describe it or, or write down my opinion or share my opinion because it's just hard to convey the emotions I felt during this match. Uh, okay. And I, I felt like between, between Overdrive and AW Full Gear, while I think AW Full Gear was a better pay-per-view overall, the best match of both nights was Josh Alexander versus Frankie Kazarian. Mm. Um, and, and of course, please go watch uh, Marsha Stamovich versus Jordan Grace again delivering an incredible match. 
Uh, I mean, last month, you remember it, right? I named it like Hard Hits Match of the Month and it fully deserved it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Trey Miguel versus, uh, versus Black Taurus was really good as well. Uh-huh. Um, the, the whole option C thing is a very intriguing aspect of uh, Impact that is not available in other promotions. Do you know what option C is? What's option C? So um, option C in, in Impact Wrestling, right, is uh, a champion can vacate their championship, can choose to vacate the championship and get a number one contendership. Okay. So Frankie Kazarian was the Impact X Division Championship. So he, if he chooses to vacate it, he immediately becomes the number one contender for the the world championship. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's almost as if you're trading in your belt for a cash in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Yeah. So like, imagine like if you if you're like Gunther or something, you know. Oh, I'm giving up my IC belt because I want a I want a number one contendership match. Nice. So it's that kind of thing. Yeah, so I, I, I like that, that that's how they got Frankie Kazarian into the world title picture like, because Frankie at this age kind of doesn't make sense to be challenging for George Alexander. Mm-hmm. So this is the only logical story you could tell. Uh, yeah, so because of that, the X Division Championship is vacant and that's why Torus and Trey Miguel uh, were in the finals of the Eliminator Tournament to figure out the, the new X Division Champion. Okay. All this is great. Really, really like Impact. Uh, one of my favorite promotions out there to watch. Um, anyways, let's talk about Nick Aldis Ooh. burning all the bridges. Burning all over bridges uh nick alders the former nwa world heavyweight champion announced uh earlier this month that he was leaving the national wrestling alliance in january 2023 after being one of the pillars of the promotion for nearly half a decade uh in a video posted exclusively to his subscribers on instagram he voiced his frustrations with nwa's current direction uh and declared that he would leave once his contract expires um he is probably the most historic and well-known NWA champions of the modern era. Yeah, His sure. combined world title reign is 1,309 days. Uh, he helped bring notoriety back to the NWA that he had not seen in decades. Mm-hmm. His feud with Cody Rhodes in 2018 led to the marquee match in All In, if you remember. Yes, correct. Uh, uh, NWA responded to all this public comments by suspending him, <laughs> <laughs> uh, pulling him from uh, Hard Times 3, the pay-per-view, uh, and essentially just putting him on the shelf. Uh, their statement was pursuant to recent comments made by Nick Aldis, the National Wrestling Alliance, has suspended Aldis from the main roster effective immediately. Aldis would not appear for Hard Times 3 mm-hmm. or the Revolution Rumble television tapings in November and December. As such, he's probably going to leave the NWA without a single TV appearance in the next three months. This is preempted or catalyzed by creative issues that Aldis has had with NWA owner and Smashing Pumpkins frontman, uh, Billy Corgan, yep. uh, that, that was uh, made public uh, earlier this year. Uh, particularly, apparently, the crux of the thing is because of uh, Corgan's unwillingness to do a second Empower event, a sequel to the all-women's pay-per-view that they introduced in 2021. Uh-huh. Uh, um, of course, the Empower event was booked and run by Mickey James, who is Nick Aldis's wife and the executive producer of the event. Uh, Billy Corgan was unsure about putting on a second all-female event because he felt there weren't enough good solid TV-ready women on the independent roster that he could pick from. All mm-hmm. uh, this and Mickey James disagreed. Uh, apparently, Corgan has made some disparaging remarks about Mickey James and how she's run the previous Empower and stuff like that. So that's led to a bit of a fracture in that relationship. Okay. Uh, and then Aldis tweeted after the Hard Times 3 pay-per-view saying that the NWA is the most toxic workplace, a toxic brand, the most toxic brand in the world of professional wrestling. Mm. And he's not talking about the fact that Tyrus won their world championship. Tyrus is a guy who uh, is probably the worst wrestler in the history of pro wrestling. It is. But, uh, but Fox and, News loves him though. Fox News loves him. But yeah. what, what Nick Aldis was saying has no regard for his political stance. Yeah, I know, I know. 
all this is just saying that like this is not this should not be your champion. Not because he is a mega guy, but because he is a very, very bad worker. And not not even a bad worker in the sense of the Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan, where you can at least you can get over on character. Mm-hmm. Tyrus doesn't even have really mic skills, even. Um so yeah, like he he feels that the creative direction of NWA has gone to the shittest, and that's why he's leaving. In my opinion, all this actually should have left in years earlier. Mm-hmm. Because I think he's outgrown the NWA. What else can he do there? Yeah, agreed. He's been he's been a champion for one thousand three hundred and nine days. Like, what 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 more do you want all this, uh, all this to do? Um. So yeah, I I, I think like it, this is more a loss for Billy Corgan and NWA than for Nick Aldis. He should leave. Yeah. He could join WWE. He could join AEW. He could even join a uh, World of Sport, uh, which is starting back up in London. Yeah. He could even join uh the the NW uh NXT Europe, which is starting up next agreed. year as well. You know, there are a lot. A lot of things that you can yeah, do here. Uh, what, what do you think about this this pet, this burning of bridges here? Um, good for him, man. I mean, standing up for what he believes in and all that. Sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, if it really that was kind of the workplace that he was going through, you know, where his mm. ideas were kind of shot down and shit like that. Yep. Uh, and you know, your your uh, his wife's ideas in particular, exactly. I think, was the was the thing with the women's division. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. Is the NWA women's division that bad? Do you think? Yes, yeah, it's probably the worst women's division in the in in wrestling right now. Then I think Billy Corgan might not have done the wrong thing, lah. By not mm. having the, uh, I just think it's a lot of miscommunication and bad blood between the owner and his talent. Yeah, yeah, and then it just that I don't think anybody is either right or wrong. It's just that all this bad blood just leads to a lot of conflict, and it's better for Nick all this that he just leaves, lah. Mm. Uh, better for him yeah, as well. Yeah. I mean, not not need for it, his career. Like, I mean, he's going nowhere, mm. right? If he, if I was him, you know, traveling down to AW is a good move and all that. I took. I don't think Booker because Booker T said that think all this is past prime. Okay, but I feel that resting time is a very weird thing because restless primes. It's not like normal athletes. You know what I mean? Mm. They can last a lot longer than you think. Yes. Yeah, I mean, um, Sting, who's sixty-three. Yep. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So Nick, all this though, he has a very Triple H esque kind of style though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, that you can last very long in the business. Yeah, he's not. You know, he's not like taking risks. He barely gets injured. Exactly. He wrestles a very safe style. Exactly. I mean, he's look at the Miss. Uh, the Miss is probably going to wrestle for another twenty years because of his style. Yeah. He barely gets injured. Nick, all this on the mic though is all right. Uh, yep. I feel that he'll be a decent signing if for anybody who decides to take him on. I think he'll be the perfect figurehead for NXT Europe. I'm thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. Why not? I mean, he's a... He's a okay, this is not meant for insult, though. Um, he's a steady hand. Lah. Yeah, he's a steady hand yeah. for NXT Europe. You know, you need a... I mean, Gunfer is not... Not going to be on NXT. Um, yeah. I think Tyler Bate is not going to be on NXT for much longer. Pete Dunne is is Butch now, you know, in on SmackDown, mm-hmm. you know, like who's going to handle like that that European territory? Like, why not Nick Aldis? You know, yeah, as the star of that, you know, Nick Aldis versus I think Ilya Dragunov will oh, be great. Um, yeah. as, as like um the the pillar feud of of or the introductory feud yeah. to that 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 new promotion. I think I think something like that could work very well. Agreed. I say go for it, Nick Aldis. Go yeah. sign with NXT Europe. NXT Europe, why not, you know? Because yeah. um, I, I truly don't think that he fits on the WWE or AEW main roster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But NXT Europe seems to be a great fit for him. Mm. 
Yeah, agreed. He's big, but he's not so prestigious that you can't stick him in this, like, you know, rinky-dink pro... Yeah, it's not, not no offense, stuff, but... But, I mean, NXT <laughs> UK was... Ca- ca- it kind of is, like, it's going to be seen as, like, NXT's NXT, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The developmental to the developmental. Yeah, but, yeah, I, I think I agree with you. Uh, NXT Europe is a good landing spot. Uh, yep. I think both sides just cannot work together. I don't think it's... Like I said, I don't think anyone is right or wrong in this situation. Just mm-hmm. one of those things that you guys just can't get along. Lah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, that wraps it up for all the news and events mm-hmm. that we're talking about this week. Let's finish it up with a mini review of Vice TV's Tales from the Territories, a new pro wrestling docuseries co-produced by Vice Canada and Seven Bucks Production. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it features uh, or is showrun by the showrunners of Dark Side of the Ring, yeah. Evan Hasney and Jason Eisner. Uh, it's uh, kind of also accompanied by the same kind of like style of uh, Dark Side of the Ring, mm-hmm. the hazy flashback clips uh, that Dark Side uh, frequently use uses for their reenactments. Mm-hmm. But it's very different from Dark Side of the Ring because this is more on the lighter side. Basically, it's like Table for Three if you've ever seen Table for Three on WWE Network. Yeah, yeah. it's basically just a bunch of like old legends sharing funny anecdotes or crazy anecdotes from the the territory era of pro wrestling between the 50s and the 80s where kayfabe was real as fuck and they went to insane lengths Mm -hmm. to maintain kayfabe Uh, the boys were crazier the drinking was heavier the drug usage was crazy Uh, knives are drawn guns are pulled Uh, uh, heels were attacked by outraged fans in the parking lot uh, and this was all a stamp for, of approval. They, they were happy, all these things. You know, If we get attacked by outraged fans, someone comes to our house to try to shoot us, you were a good heel, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that kind of thing. Um, they, uh, going to great lengths uh, to maintain kayfabe. And this was that era. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have round tables featuring people like Dutch Mantel or Jimmy Hart. Uh, Jeff Jarrett was on it as well. There's a, even an entire episode dedicated to what is, in my opinion, the greatest feud in the history, not in, not in the history of the territories, mm-hmm. In the history of the pro wrestling industry, mm-hmm. Jerry Lawler versus Annie Kaufman. Oh my god! In my opinion, from from Continental Wrestling Federation, yeah. the Memphis Territory, easily the greatest feud in the history of this sport. Yeah. Uh, um, you've seen a few episodes, or at least a couple of episodes of. I saw the Tales from the Territories uh, and the Jerry Lawler versus Annie Kaufman on. Yeah, uh, and and the premiere. Do you watch uh, the premiere? Yes, as also well? the territories on. Uh, about uh, about Memphis, uh, like, Memphis specifically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, what is your opinion on on the formatting of this and the stories that they're telling from uh from the territory era of pro wrestling? Um, well, it's the wild west, like essentially, you know. God damn! Right? Yeah, yeah. There was yeah. No real rules, or the rules yeah. were kind of like those unspoken kind of rules. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, the the seriousness to kayfabe was at an all time high. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a magician thing again, like you know, like magicians don't tell you how they do the tricks, right? Same yep. thing with wrestling, like you know, the wrestlers are serious about their characters. They're like method actors, like essentially. Yeah. Okay, but it's just that they don't have a downtime, like you know, mm-hmm. that they, they, they it's not like uh, after the film the method actor goes back to being normal, right? Mm-hmm. Like for wrestlers, they you know when they are on the road, also they were serious about their characters as well. Mm. I mean, apart from like Tales of Territories, there's also a lot of stories, like you know, like uh, when the when the Samoan brothers, is it what what do you, Sika and uh, what the Samoan brothers called their names? Um, Sika and Haku, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they were like caught by 
they basically got arrested and stuff like that because they refused to speak English. They met in KFIP. They met in KFIP through a traffic stop until they went mm-hmm. to jail. <laughs> that kind yep. of thing. So, you know, uh, the business of wrestling was a lot different. It, it, mm-hmm. it, and I think uh, Tales of Territory kind of have that, uh, shows that aspect of that carny-like feel. You know, it was smaller uh, territories were important. It was like your like gang wars like that, you know? Yeah. How cross the territories and shit like that. One of the greatest stories told in the premiere, and this just goes to show how serious yeah. the territories or how competitive it was, is the story of uh, a wrestler called Mario Galante. Yes. Who was who was sent by Nashville promoter Royal Welch. Uh-huh. Uh essentially to to squeeze out the Memphis promotion, uh, to 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 threaten them yeah. into giving up Memphis to to Royal Walsh. Exactly. Uh, Mero Gilento tried to interfere in a match. Shoot, interfere in a match. Yeah, beaten up. Uh, between between Jared and uh, uh, Jerry Jared and uh, Jerry Lawler. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gilento enters the ring. Mm-hmm. Jared goes back to his shoot training. Mm-hmm. Rips out Gilento's eye. Yeah. He takes it out, yeah. and that wasn't it. Gilento comes back another time with a straight razor. It had to be threatened off with a gun. Yeah. Uh, by by Jimmy Valant who pulls out a gun and just threatens him yeah. with it. It's this is the kind of shit that went down back in the day, <laughs> you know. Like I always laugh when you know, like the AEW fans talk about how toxic. Um, you know, oh CM Punk punch uh Matt Jackson. Okay, I mean, <laughs> come on, this is that is nothing. <laughs> he had no eye, bro. <laughs> this is nothing. This is the kind of shit that went down back in the day, like every day. You know? Yeah, correct. Oh, uh, uh, pro wrestling is fucking crazy. This is like. Every single story, right? The thing that stri- strikes me about Tales of the Tori- Territory huh? is every single story could have been a Dark Side of the Ring episode if it turned out differently. <laughs> Correct. These are just the stories that had a happy ending. Like, oh, you can laugh, oh, what a funny incident, you know? Yeah, exactly. But Dark Side of the Ring is when, what happens when it doesn't have a funny ending? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and because of that, then I went to watch a Dutch, uh, like I interviewed a Dutch mental gif. Yeah. Uh, on on uh, how Jerry Jarrett like ripped out <laughs> Galento's eye. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so graphic. I mean, like, oh my god, seriously, this is the Wild West, man. Yeah. Why was nobody even arrested? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, even like you know the promos that they were filming that were kind of like you know like okay, there's uh, the story that uh Lola told about getting hit by a car by Eddie Gilbert <laughs> for a promo, and then, but but the thing is he went too fast, so he got really hit by a car until like you know he injured his hip and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe Leduc uh, cutting his own arm with, with an axe in a promo about scarring himself to remind him of his yeah. goals. Um, b- shit like this is fucking insane. Yeah. The Iron Sheik doing a promo in front of uh, footage of a US helicopter going down in Iran. Um, yeah. you know, and, and then uh, fans were in the a, in a military like trying to come after him. All of this is, was, was amazing. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. But it could, it could so have easily gone wrong as we were talking about. All of this could have been Dark Side of the Ring. Instead, you know, they can laugh about it now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so weird, man. Like, it, it, it was that nascent... I mean, it's... Yeah, the territories were, like, before capitalism happened to wrestling, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It felt like this, like... Uh, each, A true free market, right? Yeah, like, each territory had its own distinct flavor. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, the one that, you know, Memphis is, like, I think it was... Uh, it was, uh, what, it was called, what, CWA, right? Uh, Continental Wrestling Association. Yeah, yep. and it was for Tennessee and Kentucky or something like that, correct? Yes, yeah. The basically the the territory, the areas around Memphis, uh, but Memphis was their capital, uh, their headquarters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh my god, like, and then if you go to another ter- territory, you have to work a certain way as well, you know. 
mm-hmm. there's different. Uh, you have to give respect to different people as well. Uh, you have yep. to uh, put certain guys over. You know that kind of thing. Like there's so much politics and like, it felt like a weird like um, Game of Thrones. Mm. Yeah, to the extent, yeah. But yeah, it was a fun look back uh, at what wrestling was, and then when you compare it to what wrestling has become today, uh, my God, has is. The art form has really changed. Yes, yeah. right, quite a lot. Uh, uh, some of it, a lot of it for the better, but some of it for the worse as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, nothing exemplifies the era of Keefe, this era between the 50s and 80s, more so than Jerry Lawler versus Eddie Kaufman, <sighs> which is... Do, do you have any thoughts about... I mean, we already know the story of this, yeah, era, yeah, yeah, but yeah. do you have any thoughts about how the episode broke down your feud? Uh, I think it was, it was respectfully done to both men. Yep. Yep. Um, I think Lawler was, I think he really enjoyed himself doing this. And oh, hundred percent. And and any comment too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the, uh, but Jerry Lawler didn't enjoy it when he did it with uh with uh what's his name? What's the comedian's name? The one that played hmm? Andy Kaufman. He, uh, Jim Carrey. Yeah, when Jim Carrey did the move, the film. Uh, when he oh, uh, Man on the Moon. Yeah, and then uh, they had that Jerry Lawler sec- uh, part, right? And Jerry Lawler hated. Uh, Jim Carrey because Jim Carrey didn't understand the relationship between him and Nick Kaufman mm. like he took it too far yep. yeah so anyway sorry back to this uh, I think f- from a kayfabe perspective I think uh, Kaufman is like weirdly disrespectful but at the same time respectful of the business he was so respectful of the business yeah. he, and but, there was no pro wrestling mind like knew that knew how to draw heat yeah, better than him. Yeah, so that's what I mean by disrespectful, but actually very respectful about the business, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and Kaufman is a one of a kind kind of performer comedian, uh, And he he didn't um he didn't cash any of his checks from the CWA. Yeah, which I thought was a he, a very cool thing to do, la. He was a real fan who just wanted to be involved in an angle, and he had no idea that the angle was going to be so big, you know. Yeah. Uh, CWA kept calling him back, right? Hey, let's do one next week. Let's do one next week. Let's do one more. You know, yeah. Yeah. Man, uh, th- this was great. Yeah. Uh, and I Ka- like that this... at the end of it, like it was revealed that actually Lawler and Kaufman were friends, la. Of yeah. course, they were friends. Yeah. I mean, we live in an era where Keith is not exactly. you know, a thing anymore, and they had to have have at least a good working relationship to pull off something this magical. Yeah. I mean, the David Letterman show. I think that was the 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 great like national TV kind of thing where you know. Uh, Kaufman yep. got slapped the fuck out by Lawler. Yep. Man. And then Lawler thought he was going to get carried out of the building, get arrested. And then even David Letterman realized, hey, this is ratings, right? Bring him back out. Bring him back out. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that they worked, they worked the David Letterman audience, you know, yeah, who was not familiar with pro wrestling at all, but they, they all got, they got worked hard, yeah, man. Yeah. They got worked I hard. Mean, we yeah. had the, because it was in 1982, like we have yep. that, um, we have the hindsight 2020 kind of thing, right? So we see it as a great performance. Yeah. God damn, imagine if you were watching 1982 David Letterman and suddenly this was happening. Yeah. What great TV that was, man. Like this famous Hollywood comedian, a star of Taxi, you know, getting slapped <laughs> by uh, this, this this fucking like hill, hillbilly <laughs> from uh, Nashville. Yeah, you yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. That's great, right? Yeah, great yeah. TV, you know? And uh, yeah, so I, 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 I'm quite envious of those people who actually got to watch Dave Letterman in 1982 to see Lawler beat mm-hmm. the shit out of Kaufman. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Um, so you've only seen the first two episodes, right? Yeah. Um, I kind of uh, snuck in a few minutes of the Polynesian episode also. 
Oh, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, the the rocks um Sambula. family like essentially uh ran ran that promotion. Yeah, correct. Um, so a a lot of it, all the episodes are pretty similar. Uh, and they tell kind of similar ish stories, mm. but it's always fun to watch lah. Um, and because you know they typically have happy endings. But one thing I do notice mm-hmm. from all the six or seven episodes that I've seen so far mm-hmm. is that nearly every episode ends the same way. Mm. You know, they they talk about the the promotion, how wild it was, how fun it was, the rise, and then at the end they spend five minutes telling a story about how Vince McMahon fucked them. <laughs> <laughs> nearly every episode ends with like, oh yeah, yeah, we we went bankrupt because Vince McMahon lah. <laughs> like every episode is like, oh yeah, yeah, Vince McMahon bought us out. Oh, Vince McMahon took over our TV contract. Oh, Vince McMahon like made a deal, but then he didn't pay us. You know, Vince McMahon fucked us. That this is how every single territory ended. Vince McMahon fucked them. <laughs> but it's true. He did. But it's true. He did. Yeah. I mean, come on. He, he took over everything. He basically was the basically Aegon Targaryen, okay, with his three dragons. Yeah, yeah, he came. He fucking came to Westeros, and he's like, bend the fucking knee, you know. Well, once in a while, you get a Dorn lah who doesn't, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. like like the NWA, NWA was Dorn, yeah, right? Yeah. They well, didn't bend the knee, but everyone else bend the knee. Yeah, you know. My God, for fucking the the for even the Starks bend the knee, exactly. you know, like. Oh my god! It was it's, it's actually quite hilarious uh, to see every episode end with the same five minute segment of them of all the wrestlers. Oh yeah, 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 yeah Vince Vince came in, fucked us, so I joined WWE. Like. Hello, no choice. Yeah, no choice. Uh, what are you gonna do? The money was too good, honestly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I also didn't understand the concept uh, really la, of like regional TV yeah. because you know I, because we live in Singapore. Yeah. We live in yeah. Singapore, exactly. So I didn't understand the concept that every state or every and town had their own little TV station. Correct. And Vince McMahon was the first wrestling promotion that had national TV coverage. Yes. So everyone watched WWF. Correct. Like, and whereas uh, CCWA will only get, you know, maybe the Nashville region, right? Or the Memphis region, yeah. stuff like that. You, know. um, you, can't, you can't compete like, with what Vince McMahon did. Um, uh, it's sad. The CCTV know. era, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, gosh. Uh, yeah. Um, so this is a is a, a fun uh docu series on Vice TV. Would you recommend it? Uh, as well. I I, th- I think it's a fun show. Um, I think it'll be f- it's more fun if you're a wrestling fan already. But Definitely. Yeah. I feel because you can get a lot of the, the the references and the nuances and all that stuff and kind of like the throwback to things that you might not know and it'll be mm. fun to suddenly know about that. You know. Uh, yeah, yeah. But as a non wrestling fan, I feel that this is also informative. Uh, and mm, to understand as a history lesson exactly, yeah. and to understand a uh, art form that that has been around for a relatively long time, uh, about a century at this point. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's and really why it pulls that kind of emotion from people when they are watching it. Mm-hmm. You know, because when you when when you talk to people who don't watch wrestling, you know, they have this very weird like you, they look at you weird like why why do you, are you so invested in this kind of thing. You know, mm. but then when you kind of explain to them why, you know, with the whole like using TV shows as analogy, right? It's mm-hmm. the same thing, lah. You know, there is drama. There is, you know, there is real um. There's a story going on, a narrative that you want to see complete. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, something that captures your attention, lah. Uh, mm. And these guys were doing it live, you know, back in the day. Like, I mean, I, I yeah. don't have to do it live now, but you know, what I mean, like. In, I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And is there something nostalgic about watching this series mm-hmm. uh, that you feel like this bygone time, you know, of like when things were wild, when things were unregulated, you know, 
Uh, mm-hmm. And there was this like <laughs> feeling of, uh, man, I wish I was there just to witness this. You know, mm. that kind of thing. And yeah, this this series does that. Like, it, it, it makes you more interested in pro wrestling. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, okay, that wraps it up for this episode of Hard Hits Wrestling Podcast. We will be back next week for WWE Survivor Series with a twist. Oh, yeah. Because this year it's... Games. Uh, Rigo, come back to do that one time, please. Yes, Just please come on, please. come on, William Rigo. Please. Uh, plus, I'll also be reviewing the first ever cross promotion between NJPW and Stardom mm. called Historic Crossover, Historic X Over, mm-hmm. headlined by the IWGP, not Stardom, the first ever IWGP World Women's Championship. Let's go. Let's go, man. I'm excited to watch this later on. Uh, so yeah, we'll be back next week for this. Uh, till then, though, this has been Hit Zero. I am Hardy. Goodbye, guys. Bye-bye.